you've got a few minutes to spare, we're talking about technology on The Wrap. It's the end of the week, finishing with April 22, and this is Australia's fastest coverall for technology news. This is The Wrap. And starting to wrap off this week is what the main week story was for pretty much every technology journalist around the world, a review of the Galaxy S8. Yes, the reviews are out, and based on what we're tracking on Picker's tracking system, everyone seems to think pretty much the same thing. Samsung's Galaxy S8 is a hit and will impress customers alike. You can read our 5,000-word review, but if you just want to gloss over the specifics, we'll do that in this podcast, because it's clear from the evolution of Samsung's curved design that the company has mostly nailed it, and on Honestly, that's a great feeling. Samsung has been dabbling in the whole curved screen longer than anyone else, and in the Galaxy S8, the design really comes together with a metal frame that just fits beautifully in line with glass on each side. And the whole thing really comes across feeling like one piece of glass that somehow someone strangely has managed to stuff electronics into. It's easily the nicest feeling foam we've held in a long time, and the more we hold it, the more we like it. It's kind of like having the internet in the palm of your hand, and because you've got that screen that curves to each side, it it melts away in your grip, the bezels are slim on the top and the bottom, and honestly, while the glass design can be a little slippery, it's actually not that bad, and given what's inside, you'll want to keep your mitts on it as often as you can. Under the guise of glass and metal, Australian Samsung owners will see the Samsung-made Exynos 8895 processor inside, different from what American buyers will find in the US editions with a Qualcomm Snapdragon processor inside their models. They should be similar, though with our high-powered 4G networks, staying on the Exynos has boasted some solid results on the S8, with very, very, very fast 4G speeds that can theoretically reach 1 gigabit connections if if you're in the right place, that's technically 125 megabytes a second, and a battery life supporting roughly a day. Though we did find if you switch the phone into a special battery saving mode, technically two days are actually possible here. For us, the biggest deal about the Galaxy S8 is just how complete the phone really comes across, with a camera that might not have seen a tremendous amount of upgrades, but still works immensely well, and a design that really comes together, an up-to-date set of connections, and even a pair of actually really good earphones made by AKG that, if we're honest, sound pretty bloody good. There's also support of an entire ecosystem of gadgets and accessories that the Samsung S8 and S8 Plus will work with, including wireless charging, VR headsets, and the Dex desktop conversion device that basically turns your phone into a desktop computer, plus the ability to upgrade the memory inside the phone with micro SD cards. It, and basically it all comes across as a really good, really solid Android ecosystem. It's about as perfect as an Android phone gets, though it does come with something it doesn't need. A virtual assistant made by Samsung. It's called Bixby, and it's a neat idea, and you even get a physical button to call it up. It's basically Samsung's version of Siri, but it doesn't really work very well at the moment. It's it's by no means ready, and honestly, it doesn't really do anything. It, it can interface with the camera, so you can scan scenes and look for locations and images. We even got it to recognize wine, but it, it even it recognizes water as wine if you want it to, but it, it doesn't do anything well. It's, it's really unfinished. And honestly, we gave the Galaxy S8 4.75 stars. It's as close to 5 as it gets. And if Bixby wasn't there, or if it actually did something, or if it was finished, or maybe if you could actually remap and change the Bixby button on the side to do something else, something Samsung has actually stopped you from doing, we'd probably have given it the full five stars, because it's just that good of a phone. 
but Bixby is by no means ready, and while you can get over this minor issue, it, it just lets the score down just a fraction. And yet, it's amongst the best news of the week, and when the Galaxy S8 makes its way to store shelves on April 28, other phone makers are going to have problems, because the S8 is clearly a big deal. And HTC seems to be aware of that, because at the end of the week, the company that only recently released a flagship, the U-Ultra, announced that something else would be coming in May. Now just think about that for a second. Something else that's new is coming just after the company released a flagship. We don't know much about the phone, but there's definitely something different on the way, with a frame that will, from the looks of things, allow you to squeeze the phone as a unique way of controlling it. As interesting as that is, our only hope is that HTC doesn't end up releasing four or five flagships this year, because if that's really a strategy, you'd hate to be a buyer of HTC phones, finding out that there's a new phone on the way just weeks after grabbing what was called a new phone then. We'll find out what the new HTC is on May 16, and if you're keen on the HTC U Ultra right now, it's really hard not to say wait because we'd wait. With an announcement this close, your best bet really is to hold off for the moment. And there are some great phones out there. Um, the U Ultra is not bad, but if HTC has something new coming and with the S8 pretty much out, you have some good choices. Now changing topic, Nikon this week has signaled a new camera is on the way and it looks like it could be an interesting update for people with the D7500 bringing 4K video to enthusiast level interchangeable lens cameras. For this camera, Nikon is using its popular APS-C format, so it's not pro level, but it does have a sensor that isn't too distinct from its D500. It comes with a 51 point autofocus system, a color sensor that comes exactly from that camera, the D500, so it's kind of hard not to view the D7500 as sort of like the beginner's guide to pro-level cameras. It even has 500 in the name. It, it really pretty much says that. And it will capture 4K video, something DSLRs below the 2500 mark don't really often see. They might if they're mirrorless, but DSLRs, the ones with the actual mirror boxes, they just don't. Now the catch here is the price, because while Nikon in Australia doesn't set locally suggested pricing, the $2,200 body-only price isn't tremendously far off from the three grand body-only price for its superior sibling, the D500. So while we haven't played with it, if you can somehow get the D500 for a little less, it's probably worth it, otherwise we'd wait for the review of the new D7500 and see if it's worthwhile. Join us next week for more news and hopefully a review where we can wrap up the week in technology news as fast as we possibly can while throwing in an opinion or two. Until then, have a great week.